weird with people in the room with me <laughs> to sit here silently. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode number 92. Yes, 92. Nailed it. Um, my name is CJ Schrader. With me, as always, my two professional co-hosts. First off, we have Jess Dunks. Hey, this is Jess. Hey, Jess. We also have Brian Prilliman. Hello. Today I learned Kurt Russell starred in The Computer War Tennis Shoes, a Walt Disney production. <laughs> cool. Um, so this episode is going to be a little unique because for the first time ever, I have guests with me live sitting that right across from me. That aren't Biddy Kitty and Battle that Cat. That aren't Biddy Kitty and Battle Cat or Milkshake, uh, but they've had Biddy Kitty, Battle Cat, and Milkshake sleep with them. Uh, oh, I'm covered in cat hair. I know. Yes. Oh, wait, am I not supposed to speak before? No, you're speak? fine. You're fine. That's, right, right, right. So that's Abe Corson. Hi. Hey, Abe. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself real quick before we get to the hint. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so my name's uh, Abe. I'm from D.C. Um, I've been judging a little over a decade. I've been playing Magic for a, like a really long time. And, uh, yeah. You're uh, also a level three. Uh, I'm a level three judge. Yes, thank you very much. Been a level three for about a year. Was in town for the uh, pro tour, and we'll be in town again next week for the Grand Prix. Yeah. Uh, CJ was, of course, nice enough to put me up. <laughs> uh, we also have Jeremy Bennett. <laughs> who has been on the show before? Yes. Blah. Yes. Which ones? Yes. Blah and IRC. Uh, yeah, I'm a level three from Utah. Uh, who is also in crown for the Pro Tour, but uh, will not be here for the GP because I have a judge conference to attend in Colorado. Sad. I'll let you plug that. Yeah, you can plug it later. Um, so because I have these two live with me, my sound quality may be a little worse than normally. You'll get over it, listeners. <laughs> Deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> so you may have noticed the theme between these two. Uh, they've both been at the Pro Tour, the Pro Tour, which is happening this weekend. As we record this, uh, as we record this, they were, are going into the top eight tomorrow, so we don't know much about that. But we thought we'd have these two guys on to discuss the uh, Pro Tour and all its glory, de- gory details, and and all its glory. The glory details. <laughs> yeah, the glory details. The glory details. You know. <laughs> and um, I don't know other things. Let's let's just do it. So at, at this Pro Tour, what what were each of your guys' roles? Uh, on Friday, I was on the paper team uh, under Jared Silva. He was the team lead. Mm-hmm. And uh, today, Saturday, I was on deck checks with Nicholas Sabin as the lead. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> I was on logistics on Friday under Eric Levine. We did a lot of um, setting up and taking down table numbers, those types of things. And uh, today and tomorrow, I'll be on coverage. Well, I was and will be on coverage. Oh, nice. So, so you're going to be on coverage tomorrow? And you're up at midnight tonight. Yep. Uh, being on a podcast. Yes. Ooh, you are a machine. Look, man, robots just need to plug in in a corner somewhere. I know. CJ, did he did he transport his Borg alcove down from Northern Virginia? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh. In the bathroom, there's a picture of me standing in a Borg alcove. <laughs> oh. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Yeah. Bahunin, take a photo of that and text it to me, please. (laughs) I I need that. Done. (laughs) Thank you. I actually couldn't. I saw the picture. I couldn't tell if it was CJ because he has no facial hair. (laughs) Now, I guess the the really important is forget about this Pro Tour stuff. Uh, When you're actually using the bathroom, do you have to make eye contact with the photo? (laughs) 
One of them, yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> it's me sitting all right. in the captain's chair. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. Back to the Pro Tour. So, yes, so you guys mentioned like that you were working on Friday and Saturday. Can you go into a little bit how the schedule of the Pro Tour is different than that of the uh, of a GP? Sure. So, as they say, the Pro Tour is a is a media driven event in the sense that um, it's kind of set up so that uh, coverage and uh, you know the live streaming of uh, of playoff rounds and and rounds today are um, best supported. So uh, what that translates to is that uh, a lot of the um, the grindy part of the event, the, uh, the the part where we're narrowing down the narrowing the player player base down a little bit, takes place on a work day for most people on a Friday. That way, uh, Saturday and ultimately Sunday are are open up, are opened up to a little bit more uh, focused uh, focused um, coverage for uh, the, the 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 matches that that matter even more. Right. So tomorrow we have a nice course. save. Yeah. I, I also learned this weekend that they actually. That there was a reason to they they do the limited portion first and then uh, construct it afterwards because in case people you know tune in late or whatever they want them to see the the constructed portion because that seems to be what drives uh, the you know the streaming and and more interest the people seem to be more interested in that than you know what draft decks people have. I, I kind of found odd, but well, I, I feel it. I mean, limited limited coverage is kind of boring to watch, if you ask me. Plus, I I can't get really excited. Like, I can't look at a limited deck and be like, oh, I'm gonna build that deck and take it to my F and M. Right, that's not so 100 true. One of my uh, one of my buddies and a level one judge who was on the event had a double Romanticore deck in that first draft. Oh, I'm yeah. so jealous, and that's exactly what I want to build with my life. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go into go to F and M, and you're gonna plan on taking it down with your double Manticore, Chromanticore uh, uh draft deck. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Good. Yeah. How did how did that Chromanticore guy do in that? Draft? Oh, he was a uh, one he and two. He was one and two, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, good enough to get on the Pro Tour, right? Yeah. Mm. He, he was good enough at some PTQ. Yeah, at with, some PTQ. like. 30 people or it was 127 people and he is very good that's because he had three chromanticores yeah at that (laughs) thank you it's because the head judge helped him (laughs) okay i I was a judge i did not help him so so let's so let's let's talk um uh friday okay so how how is um the the rolling into the pro tour on friday different than rolling into a gp or a ptq or something like that like is there anything that's different about it the, the venue is a little darker and the hall was certainly smaller um it, at least from my perspective and then they had a lot more in the way of i don't i don't want to call it swag but like props i guess you know when you walked in they had you know a flat screen with the the journey into nick's promo playing and like the trophy so that's the first thing you see are are these you know the the trophy you could win and it's you know it catches your eye and and whatnot and then there's the information booth right beside it and the the wizard store where they were you know they had some packs and like sleeves and whatnot in case you needed them and then the, the venue behind that with all the tables and chairs. And then at the end of the hall, like you can kind of see the holy grail of the, the top eight area, the feature match room, as it were. 
where with all the lights and cameras and whatnot, and it kind of draws you that way. So it was kind of neat to see that. Yeah, I mean, from a you know larger perspective, what we're a pro tour, of course, is not an open event. It's a, a mostly private event that uh, is uh, becoming less and less true the more of these we we have these days. That is, uh, since the general public wasn't um, invited to come play today. Uh, there are a lot of things different between a Pro Tour and your standard Grand Prix. There's no uh, registration period, though I guess then again we don't do Saturday morning registration anymore anyway. Well, a lot of the registration for this is actually done on Thursday. Uh, the players can come in and register and get their badges and like if you know do the some of the extra Pro only things that we don't have to deal with. Sure. Yeah, the, the playing area is a lot smaller, like Jeremy said, directly as a result of the fact that this is, as we said, not an open, not at, uh, not an open event. Uh, only a select few are allowed to play, of course. Yeah, we had what, like four hundred forty? Is that right? Like, I thought it was. I thought it was closer to three hundred something. It could be. I didn't, I didn't actually look. And how many total judges? Thirty-five. I don't know. Yeah, I don't they're around. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good ratio compared to a GP. So so let's ask from that was you were talking about you know like the player experience from the judge perspective was there is there anything different with a with a pro tour say uh, when you when you show up on Friday morning versus a uh, a, a GP or a PTQ from your perspective? Well, I think so. I mean, so so one of the big differences between a Grand Prix and a pro tour. That the uh, the level expectation or the uh, level um, requirement, so to speak, I'm, I'm using scare quotes. You can't see them. <laughs> is a uh, level three, uh, which kind of means that the folks that are that are there to work don't need maybe as much uh, handholding or direction or um, you know uh, prompting to get stuff done. It's just kind of show up. Okay, here's what we're doing, which we've all done a million times before, and now let's just go ahead and do it. With, with one exception on this staff, uh, we, had, we had Fry around as as an L2. He was the only L2 that made the staff, and he's very competent and very good. Um, but that's you know not to say that everyone has to be a level three. It's, that's true. That's true. He he was level two, and he's he's very close to three, and I I suspect he will get there very soon. Um, and he was competent and handled himself very well on the floor. I was I was quite impressed for you know level and, two from Australia with the limited experience that he has. And for those of you that may not know this, they used to do level three testing at Pro Tours, um, <clears throat> and they don't do that anymore unless they've made an exception that I don't know about. But they don't do that anymore. That's moved to the GP level. So level two judges pretty much don't go to pro tours anymore with with the with this like one or two maybe each pro tour yeah yeah i'd say so um and fry is a listener so he will be happy to hear all this although i don't know if any of us know his actual name (laughs) and no one spoke up so i guess not he's he's fry on irc yeah that's what forever he will be yeah honestly i i I know abe mostly from irc where we call him catsby yeah and it was hard all weekend not just say hey catsby how are you doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's been difficult for me so as far as uh, applying to be on the pro tour was there anything different about that than any uh standard gp um it 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 is similar in a way um except there are some more experienced level threes here typically in charge and and like uh friday for instance jared silva who's a level four judge was my team lead and it's different to see him in a team lead role as opposed to you know a head judge role which i usually see him or star city tournament organizer role which you know is 
is another thing. Um, and even he, uh, in, in discussions with him, he said it's really nice to be able to kind of get, you know, back to just floor judging and have these kind of different responsibilities and and get, you know, connect with the players and get to watch Magic and deal with judges on, on that kind of level as, as opposed to what he normally does. It's interesting for me. Did you say, did I hear your question correctly? Did you ask about what are the differences about applying to this? I did. Okay. And I'm not sure where that came from, but I thought it was good to say anyway, so sure. I didn't stop him. So, <laughs> so here's what I think. Uh, that is that um, the application process was very similar to, the, to, the, yeah. to that of a GP, since, of course, we go through judge apps. Uh, the tournament organizer in this case is, um, you know, Wizards of the Coast, as opposed to the uh, you know, GP tournament organizer, whatever the, whatever the title may be these days, like mm-hmm. Star City Games or Channel Fireball or um, uh, TJ Collectibles or trying to find others that, come, <laughs> may, that may come to mind. Um, Wait, so no PTO, what happened? <laughs> staff selection is still is still made by a judge manager. In this case, that was Christiana. But um, I gather that there may have been, uh, you know, perhaps a different. Um, selection criteria that uh, was unbeknownst to some of the staff members than uh, than what's normally applied to a GP. Makes sense. I think uh, for this one, weren't for level twos to apply, they had to be asked by a level three or higher as well? That's for this specific they, event, they yes. kind of, like, That's an, true. An invite process of some sort. Yeah, and I, yeah, as I recall, I think that was on the application itself. It that was. is to say, if you are a level two, write the name of the person and their phone number so we can call them and check <laughs> Uh, that they rec- recommended you, and then I, I think it also. I think the application also wanted the ID of your most recent review, which I thought was yeah. very interesting. But hmm. the uh, the the Pro Tour Portland application, which is the next one that's occurring, uh, it said on the application form, if you are level two, please go back and reread this application. <laughs> <form."> <laughs> yeah. 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 You only said that for a little while. Yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> so, so here's a here's a very important point that I want to I want to mention about these applications. When someone in these applications they write down instructions, you know, do this, do this, don't do this. They mean that. <laughs> it's not it's it's not some sort of test to see if, you know, that you're willing to like, you know, think outside the box and apply anyway because, you know, you think you're awesome. It's Really what it shows is you don't follow directions. <laughs> so um, if you read if you read the application and it says to do something, that is what you do uh, it, it, in the realm of, oh, well, it can't hurt to apply. Well, actually, it can. So uh, follow the directions. If it says get a recommendation, get a recommendation from an uh, from an L3 or higher. Yes. Yeah, there was there was plenty of that. The uh, I, I think the selection process for Portland said that specifically because of the RC conference that's happening. Um, and I think on the, the application said weight was going to RCs first, and then US L3s would be considered after that, maybe. Yeah, how come they let you in, Jeremy? I, I'm curious about that myself. Okay. I, I don't actually know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I kind of feel bad now. Exit. <laughs> Talking about Portland or Atlanta? Portland. Yes, I, I will be at Portland as well. For as will I. The, the Pro Tour and the GP. As will I. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Mysterious. Yeah. I hope you I'm feel excited. bad too. It's going to be my fo- my first uh, Pro Tour event that I've been on staff for. Oh. Wow. Good, good for you. Pro Tours are sweet. Right. Even CJ has been to one, so yes. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... I, 
I guess I'll, I'll ask my guests this. So how is judging a, a, a pro tour different than judging a GP? Like, is the experience much different? Yes. <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> well, 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 so in, in keeping with the theme of the, uh, the higher, higher standard of, uh, of, of judges for a pro tour, there is, there is of course also a, uh, a higher standard of players that uh, we run into much higher, much higher. So uh, a lot of the, the throwaway type questions like, um, Oh, give me an example. Uh, I, I actually got to do. Yeah, what's oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Those how, tend not to come up as much. How does double strike work? Yeah, right. exactly. Whereas, whereas uh, what we end up dealing with uh, is is more is um, tend, tends to be the stuff that players, uh, for one, can't solve themselves, like maybe a complicated he said he said he said type situation, or um, odd, um, perhaps perhaps more complicated rules questions that uh, the the uh, something a little bit greater than what the um, uh, typical player would be expected to know, the typical uh, competitive player. I, yeah, there, there are still some random questions, and, and uh, I'm going to assume that a, a very prominent troll that is in the, or player rather, that was in the Hall of Fame, is in the Hall of Fame, uh, was trolling us earlier today by asking, you know, how planeswalkers worked and how combat with planeswalkers worked, and basically any question you could think of involving a planeswalker, he decided to ask a judge that during around sixteen or so of the pro tour. Okay, <laughs> almost certainly the case. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been trolled more by like for amount of time I've spent with them versus amount of time they've been trolling me probably pro tour players are or pro tour level players are, are highest up there for asking questions that they already know the answer to just to see what you say sure well, they know enough to be able to troll uh, yes. right most right. people asking that question they're like I don't know how this works yeah I, I guess by around 16 had, you kind of get bored right <laughs> yeah, by the way so they, I had uh, uh, pro tour champion which, which pro tour did he win Dark Ascension, I think it was. Pro Tour Champion Tom Martell at our pre-release. Oh. And uh, I'm talking to another judge, and I'm like, all right, so this next round, or now that the round started and the match slips are out, we can go on break. And just then, Tom Martell raises his hand and goes, hey, I have a question. Uh, and he starts off on this complicated tangent that involves a bunch of EDH cards, half of which I don't know the names of, <laughs> and ends his question with, if all of these are in play, how long can I keep you from going on your break? <laughs> Oh, that's cruel. <laughs> that's cruel. I think the answer is how long, however long it took you to ask that question. Yes. 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 Done now. The, uh, I have to add something to my answer to this question, and that is, um, if, I mean, if, if what we're asking is what's what's the judging like, the answer is um, dealing with Corsair of Crufix. Because oh. Oh, 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 goodness, was uh, was that the card of the day today? Uh, the card of the weekend. Right. Uh, sure, sure, card of the weekend. Um, I'm sure tomorrow it's likely to come up. But uh, a good 75% of the judge calls that we received, or I received personally, were uh, at their heart an issue uh, with Corsair Crufix one way or another. Somebody forgot to reveal. Somebody forgot what they revealed or... Or, or forgot their their courser died and kept revealing, you know, all you know, variations of, of, of the previous. Yeah, it was always courser plus some other card of some sort. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Mine, yeah, I think that was 98% of the calls all weekend. <laughs> yeah. Even the limited portion. That's, so, that's what came up. Yeah. So if the day started off with a draft or the event started off with a draft, how were uh, God Packs handled? There are none, actually. What? Yeah, like conveniently, oh, no. 
all product at the Pro Tour is stamped. Yeah. If you didn't bring your own cards, they're stamped. And Wizards has guaranteed us that no God Packs will show up in stamped product. And to clarify, he meant for your constructed deck, you cannot bring your own draft packs to the Pro Tour. <laughs> I, I guess you could, but it's not going to be very good for you. I, 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 I did that, that's judge... for team drafting when you've already dropped out. Right. Well, I did judge an open once where a guy listed as his sideboard one pack of Ravnica. <laughs> oh, that was his sideboard, a sealed pack of Return to Ravnica. Nice. Mm. Yeah, it didn't end well for him. No. It seems like a potential for advantage. <laughs> right. Be be cute somewhere else. Yes. Not on your deck list. Right. So I have a I have a question. This is very, very important because a lot of people uh I'm one of the judges that manages the Magic Judge Twitter account. And there were a lot of questions that were asked on the Twitter account uh that that did not go answered. Oh no. Uh so I'm gonna ask you guys to provide the answer. I think I know it, pretty sure I know it, but how many Force of Wills did you guys get for working the Pro Tour this weekend? Uh, zero so far. Hey, zero. Yes, zero. Zero is the answer there. No foils of any kind, in fact. Uh, yes. What? No foils of any kind? None. There were none. Well, I did find a foil Rise of the Eagles <laughs> left on a table, and I gave it to Sean Catanese because I thought he could use some Rise of the Eagles. <laughs> So, so since, so I'm going to ask a question and obviously there's, there's, there's contracts involved that you can't answer specifics, but if you don't get foils for the pro tour, what is the compensation? Not not uh, that foils are compensation. Foils are not compensation. They are a gift from Watsy. Correct. Okay. (laughs) But I'm assuming that they're not. The ones that we didn't receive? Yes. Uh, Yes. The ones that you didn't receive, they're not compensation. I'm assuming that they give you more than a box. Did they give you a box? Uh, <laughs> no. We, we did receive some draft sets. Those were the gifts from Watsy this time around. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what we uh, received for compensation was, in fact, actual compensation. That is compensation in the uh, monetary sense. Uh, you're, you're right about there uh, being um, some, some specifics I'm sure we can't really get into. Right. But uh, no. we are, of course, uh, uh, considered contractors for, for, for this weekend and, and received payment, payment for our services. Yep, and, and, and that's, that's really about all I was looking for. They also there got there were a bottles. couple of surprise oh, yeah. gifts that, that were kind of nice. Oh, yeah, stuff that you'll be hearing about. Right? Um, yeah, yeah if, if you haven't seen them, you should kind of go look. There are pictures. It's, Going it's right up on eBay. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> may, no, they will not be on eBay, but uh, there, there may be a photo of the staff wearing some of these surprise gifts. So you should go find it. It's kind of yeah, jackets. That's what. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. I don't know why we're not saying what it is. Like, I don't know. I was just. I was like, I thought I saw some pictures a day or two ago. Yeah, they got. They why got are they being there. so vague? It's because it's, it's funner fun. that way. Uh, Damn it, Trollman. Yeah. Why are we? These are not kind of fun. These were not jackets. These were pullover type things that had like a like a pocket and were were made out of you know like that. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, woo wear. The the that. Uh, no, Uber is not the right term. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's made out of, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it, part, uh, part cotton, part polyester. It's very uh, very soft to the touch. But uh, these are pullover type things. They're not jackets, right? They're just right. like a, a sweatshirt yeah. type, type kind of thing, just, just to set the record straight. <laughs> it's important. So... So the Pro Tour is a, is a heavily coverage-based event. Like uh, it feels like kind of coverage 
makes a lot more decisions than they might at other events. How does that change things very much? Uh, Jeremy, you said you were on paper. Yes. Did it, I mean, did it change paper? Does it change? It, it changed paper fairly drastically. In fact, um, almost every round we, we would have the pairings in our hands yeah. and then have to stand there at the stage and wait for the go. Like, you know, it's, it was, uh, the one of the scorekeepers, Nick Fong, and then some of the coverage guys, you know, Trip Jarrett and, and his yeah. team, were selecting coverage matches and then getting everything ready for the features before they would actually let us post the pairings to the public. Yeah, and that's pretty um, different because normally, you know, we say paper team is almost directly responsible for round turnarounds. Like, uh, right. Yeah. Usually, the the time you can make up as as a head judge. So this is a tip for all of you head judges out there. The time you can make up is on posting the pairings and your paper team. That right. can save you the most time at an event by getting the, the paper up fast and getting your, your players to know where they should be. Um, and in this case, it was you know a significant delay in us having to stand there and wait before we could go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the critical path. Yeah. Is this Luckily, we you know Jared was in charge of that, and we could. Um, do some other things like cut the slips and have the slips ready to go out, which was yeah. which was a nice use of time. That makes sense. Though, while we're waiting, um, there were also some some breaks today that were uh, mainly for the um, benefit of media. Because we actually had a, a lunch break after round three for an hour, and then an extra. What? Yes, an hour, hour lunch. An hour lunch. I was yeah. labeled a lunch break, but again, I think uh, I'm pretty sure it was uh, it was mainly to give coverage a, a chance to get their ducks in a row as they as they uh, prepared to start the coverage of the constructive portion of the event. We had another half hour uh, media break. They were um, up front with uh, calling calling that one what it was. Uh, that was uh, in between rounds <laughs> rounds six and seven. A television timeout. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The I, I'm Indian head. Colored bars. Is there much else as far as uh, coverage? Uh, there, there are some other coverage breaks in between, like some of the round turnovers. Uh, you know, we did fifty-five minute rounds uh, oh, okay. to give players a little extra cushion, so they didn't quite feel so rushed. But then we also would have sometimes uh, they would do interviews or like, you know, I don't want to call them deck reviews, but they would like cover a, a specific deck archetype and and go over that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So sometimes that stuff would run a little long and. That ate into some things too, and then we have the normal stuff like you know decks going to time, and they have a ten minute extension. And right, right. We're sitting there waiting on one match. So uh, I haven't I haven't been to a pro tour since they had public events, except for I did stop by this one. Um, it's I'm not sure how past how pro tours in between those are, but I know this one allowed spectators to come in and and watch, which I think is I think they've always allowed spectators, but this one allowed them. You know, in the venue, and because uh, I, I think others have had like a screen set up or something. Maybe you guys know better than that. Um, so, how how were spectators handled for for this pro tour? It's, it's actually very similar to day two of a Grand Prix. So, uh, spectators were allowed outside a curtained area. They had you know the little like not quite waist high curtains around certain sections of tables. Um, and then players could watch from around that. They they set the room up in such a way that players could spectate and watch almost any match that was going on mm-hmm. that was not on camera because you know as as you know video cameras and lighting and all that maybe right. I have to stand back but you could see pretty much anybody playing um, from anywhere in the venue and that was that was good for players and 
towards the end, it kind of got a little rough for judges because, you know, everyone wants to hover around tables one through 16, which happened to be in a, their own curtained area. So we just had a wall of people and we could never get through. And it was a little tight there. But. Yeah, the, uh, the, the thing to keep in mind here is that um, <clears throat> Pro Tours are, of course, professional REL events. So the reason spectators were treated very similarly to as they would be at a Grand Prix Day 2 is because we don't actually allow, as we say, direct spectator interference uh, at professional REL. There was, a, there was a bit of a separation between the spectator area and the player area for, for that purpose. That is, if uh, players uh, were concerned about some issue, we uh, didn't want them and we didn't want to set up the room to, in, to, to give them the sense that they could uh, actually uh, perhaps take it upon themselves to step in and stop the players and start shouting about something that uh, went wrong. Instead, uh, we, of course, invited spectators to get judges involved, as we always do. This, as I'm told, though, kind of happened in the last round anyway. Oh, yeah. Right? So there was something I don't... I didn't well, see the details. Well, I think what happened there is that um, the spectators did notice an issue, but the spectators went to the judges because they couldn't, of course, get into the playoff area. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not the playoff area, the coverage area. Right? So, so there's a... There's a a waist-high curtain that was blocking all traffic. There's no <laughs> yes. way they were going to get in there. So, Justin, Brian, do you guys have anything else that's like a specific question? Yes. Okay. I do. Ask it. Uh, so, well, yeah, I... Just, just ask it, Brian. I'm tired of waiting. But, Is it about um, sneeches? I need to know. Yes. No, it's not about sneeches. All right. That was okay. a good episode. You said, you said you were on, you were on the coverage team today, and you're on cover on your, yeah, you're on top eight coverage tomorrow. Yes. So let's let's say someone's watched a uh, an SCG uh, an SCG open the coverage. They see the judge there uh, on on screen, but they don't really know what he's doing. It looks like he he's watching and he's occasionally talking into talking into his little headset, what is it that you guys are doing or are you doing anything different uh, uh, when you are watching matches? Because there's also like a guy running around with an iPad in the background doing stuff. Uh, yeah. What's going on there? Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's mul multiple guys with multiple iPads and I don't know if anybody was running though. But um, uh, so uh, what um, the uh, coverage team had to focus on today and, and will do tomorrow is uh, actually tracking the contents of uh, the player's hands. That is, if you've ever watched Pro Tour coverage, or at least I've watched it recently, you've probably noticed some type of uh, on-screen uh, widget, which tells you, uh, you know, uh, what's going on in the uh, in the zones that you can't actually see on camera. Uh, you see the contents of, uh, of the player's hand are, are updated by the, the judges and other coverage people uh, watching it live as, as they go. So a lot of what you'll see when you watch the coverage, if you if you haven't already, is people uh, uh, holding up the iPad and squinting, squinting and trying to trying to lean over while the player has their hand up and figure out what they just drew, and uh, you know that of course in addition to watching the game and, and being there for the players in case something really in some in case something goes awry. But uh, and you're tracking life totals too, right? Tra tracking life totals of the, the coverage folks are, are pretty well trained on that, so we didn't actually do any of that directly. We we didn't have any um, uh, we didn't have a radio. We weren't we weren't uh, updating anything other than the contents of the player's hand using the uh, the iPad uh, application. 
or the uh, coverage team's other big job was to, you know, again, in addition to being there for the players, was to supply the right quantity and type of uh, tokens to the players. There's a that was kind of a big deal. Uh, we had a uh, we had a big big old binder of tokens. It's uh, something apparently new for for this pro tour. That is uh, apparently there is now a um, binder of uh, easily accessible and in alphabetical order. Uh, set of uh, all of the tokens in modern, or at least supposed to be all of the tokens in modern. And uh, you which can, one's you can, missing? Surely you know. <laughs> uh, well, we can get to that. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the nice thing here is, yeah, it's like, all right, so I need a soldier token. So we go over to the S's, and we have the all right. We want a white soldier, a red soldier, a, a blue soldier. I don't think it's a blue soldier. But, uh, all right, I want a white soldier. Okay, do we want this one that's also an enchantment? Do we want this one that's just a regular soldier? Oh, we got them all in there. We get. We, it even had all of the ones that are only on MP. I'm thinking, do you have any of the sand tokens made by that? Yes! Oh, I can't believe you brought that up. You read my mind. <laughs> that, that is, Damn you, bro. So, so, so one of the things that we were doing while we were, uh, you know, as the odd man out, since we had a, a couple of extra guys uh, on coverage and, and were needed at one time, was just kind of sitting there and kind of babysitting the tokens, so to speak. You know, being, being ready to supply them to our fellow judges when they needed them. And uh, and one can't help but just kind of flip through the binder and, and, and you know, look at all the oddball tokens and try to wonder where, where the heck these things came from. And I, I, I did pause on sand token. I said, what in the world creates sand tokens? I knew Hazaz and Tamar. Wait, it's Doomford Nephilim. They had yes, sand- you are right. Yes, there were, there were in fact, sand tokens. There were, in fact, <laughs> sand tokens. Yes. No, I'm not kidding you. What like about official... prison tokens? Yeah. No, the official ones, yeah. Wait, there's official sand tokens? Well, okay, sorry, sorry. Now, uh, for, for tokens such as sand tokens, where they never actually showed up in a pack, what they what uh, was, was done is they, they printed out some proxies, some really high-quality proxies, just uh, pieces of paper using oh, the uh, MTGO right. sand tokens. Yeah. All, all the MTGO tokens. All of the tokens. Well, okay, fine. And, <laughs> and if Watsy makes it, can it really be considered a proxy? Ah, that's also a good point. But, uh, but, but... All tokens at, at least exist on MTGO, so you can get an image of every token in the game. And, and as, as they said, we, we had those printed out, and uh, and those were available. We're also pack rat tokens, by which I mean actual pack rats that, uh, that were in the binder as well. Interesting. Oh. Uh, I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't see a single pack rat all weekend. But, uh, but yes, Doom Brood Nephilim. And again, I had to punch that one up on, on my uh, MTGX to figure out what in the world made sand tokens, too. I'm still upset about the pack rat tokens being actual pack rats. That's... Why? Because they're not. That's not a token. Just, there, there were no pack rats this weekend. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you'll you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah and there was, were no, there was no Dune Brood Nephilims, but we're talking about them, too. There was one, actually. Was there? No. It just didn't make it on coverage. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was some guy playing at a table somewhere. He's, he's playing it just to troll. It. He's playing this deck just to troll the judges guarding the token by. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I need I need a the white soldier, the white enchantment soldier, uh, I mean, the red white enchantment soldier, and the red white soldier with haste. Th- those yes, tokens I... were were only for coverage though. So like in the rest of the event, if somebody needed a cover like a token, we gave them a basic land face down and sure. said, "Here you go." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to know a little bit more about this iPad. Are you just typing into like a messaging thing or do they have an actual app that um, handles this? Well, they have, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, actually they have a, a, it's a website. It's uh, something I'm sure wizards 
proprietary, proprietarily owned or, or and yeah, developed. Or that's a, that's what I was wondering if it was an but, actual uh, thing. It, it, was, it was pretty easy to use. It involved, um, <clears throat> involved a uh, customizable, uh, searchable database, which had been pre-filtered on Theros block. And uh, in order to populate uh, contents of the player's hand, you'd, of course, have to have to search up the card by typing in part of the name. Right. And then uh, selecting selecting the appropriate card off of the... Uh, yeah, it sounds like an evolution of the, the old push tool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. It's pretty pretty easy to use, but, um, but uh, you know, when you watch games, a lot of stuff happens at once sometimes, and it's kind of difficult to make sure that you've you you ended up in the right in the right spot. Well, as I understand, a lot of the decks were playing the the, the blossoms guy, right? And so they would just draw card after card after card after card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keeping up exactly. with that seems like a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but on, on on the plus side, you know, with, with all this talk about Corsair of Crewfix, that that was actually uh, helpful because you can you know kind of preload your search because you know you know what the guy's about to draw. That's funny. Get that into his hand. Now, all, all of that being said, I, I know I personally made a ton of mistakes on on the um, matches when I was doing it. And uh, if there's if there's if that comes through on the coverage, that is, if, if any of the contents of players' hands was uh, incorrect, I, I apologize in advance. <laughs> Dune brood nephilim. Is it bigger than a uh, colossal whale? Uh, <laughs> it's a three three, so no. Okay, good. All right. Uh, Colossal right. Whale's a 5-5, five, five, right? Yeah. So yeah. what was the, the Feast guy, the Feast Demon that's a 5-5 that's a five, five five, for five. three? Yeah. Right? He's, he seems a lot, lot less smaller than a Colossal but Whale. But he's a demon. Yeah, he's demonic. Yeah, he's <laughs> a demon, sure. It's the pass. Yeah. Okay. Right? Because he's a demon. Well, yeah, they have, they have okay. things, okay. man. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not this episode. <laughs> but guys... Because there's clearly yeah, a it's, it's, it's the whale. Derail, derailed. Derail. All right. <laughs> so, um, so at this time, I was going to just let them tell any stories or interesting rulings or just anything at all that came up from the Pro Tour. Hopefully, they have something because I'm putting any, it on the spot. Yeah. Any shout outs or shout outs to who yeah you know it's like oh i worked with this guy i haven't worked with him before he's awesome that's actually true for like 80 percent of the staff honestly um they're they're like pro tours draw an international staff like a truly just worldwide staff so we had people from all over europe uh, uh fry is from australia we had makino san from japan like it's just people from everywhere and most of them you just never met that was kind of neat. Like, you know, the, the I met George from Greece. I, he's the RC of Greece. I, I didn't know he was around. And, you know, Makino san from Japan, of course. Um, well, it's Joe Krebs. Uh, Toon, uh, whose last name I can't pronounce. Or his first name. But, well, his first name is Toon. Though it's not spelled that way, but it is, it's, it's Toon. Um, and yeah, it, it's just kind of neat to see, you know, a, a truly international judges and then some, even some from the U.S. Like I, I've worked on event with Abe before, but we've never really interacted much until this weekend. And that, that kind of thing is really awesome about a pro tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I uh, worked with, with George a lot today. I met him uh, a long time ago. He, he's one of the 10% of level three judges that have slept on my couch. <laughs> This is, this, is, this is true. This is true. Ten, ten per. Uh, you've done I, the math. Uh, well, I did the math a little while ago, and it was it was accurate before we had this explosion of uh, 
<coughs> certifications this in, in the end of last year. But um, uh, he, I thought, thought he was great. I thought uh, Lems, our head judge, did a great job, as always. He, he always seems to do that, which might be why he's a level five. <laughs> right. Um, I thought my team lead on third, uh, excuse me, Friday was really was was great. Uh, Eric, uh, Eric Levine, the great Eric Levine, I had uh, yeah, no, no issues with him. Raging Levine, oh, yeah, huh? raging Levine. Uh, just the cavalcade of all stars. I mean, I don't, don't have too many bad things to say about anybody. I mean, the the, the event itself went really well. Uh, there was a little bit of a hiccup, I'm afraid, uh, in round four today when the entire coverage team was late coming back from the one hour media slash lunch break. Oof. But uh, that was was covered. was covered. It didn't delay anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, like, you know, everything went well, which, t- you know, says to me that people were doing their jobs and were on top of things and accomplishing their goals, so to speak. So, uh, so yeah, great job overall. Right. Yeah, as I don't uh, what I mean as for stories, I don't know what you're looking for there. We we had some interesting rulings. Um, you know, there was uh, some stuff that that actually could come up at any event. Um, for instance, in the the constructed portion, with somebody with uh, you know eleven forests marked on their list and eight okay. swamps. Mm-hmm. And when we looked at their deck, we did you know it was a random deck check. We did a deck check and we laid out the the basic lands. And they had eight forests and 11 swamps. And we're like, well, that's kind of odd. And then, so we got the, the head judge involved because, you know, we wanted to get his opinion on if this fit our new downgrade clause. Right. For a clerical error. You know, because it's, right, it's transposed numbers. Hey, you know, he might think this fits. And so he looked at the deck list and then he looked at the rest of the cards. And he's like... You know, this is kind of weird. If I was this guy, I would actually want 11 forests, as he's written here, not 8 forests, as he's playing. Mm -hmm. He's like, so maybe you guys should ask him. Like, you know, what basic lands are you playing? We're like, all right, well, you know, whatever you want to do. So we we went over there, and I pulled the guy aside. And I'm like, so what basic lands are in your deck? He immediately, 11 forests, 8 swamps. Mm -hmm. I'm like, are you (laughs) sure? He's like, yeah, I counted them twice. Went, well, yeah. Here, here's your deck. Maybe you should look again. And he went. So this is why I've been drawing most all swamp hands all day long. <laughs> uh, and like, you know, we we ended up giving him the game loss for that because it doesn't quite fit the downgrade clause, right? In, in our opinion, and and Lems the head judge agreed with us. Um, Sorry, I'm still on swamp hands. That yeah, like I do a diagnosable. Yes. I do like swamp hands. <laughs> See, it probably has a picture in here somewhere of swamp hands actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, I mean, he's playing a lot of Sylvan Carry Dids and like, you know, green early drops that he would want forests in his hand for. But, and he's like, I, you know, this has not been my day. Yeah. Like, and now we know why. It's, <laughs> it's like he was almost happy to get the game lost so he could fix the deck. It was one of those things where we kind of deviated from policy a little bit because normally we oh, would fix the to deck <laughs> to match the list, right? But, we we asked him what he's playing and it was clear what he meant to play and that we kind of so Lem's approved that we just fixed the the list to and the deck to match what he should have been playing or what he wanted to play, so we gave him eleven swamps to use for the next round because by the time we caught it it was that late, and uh, yeah he he finished out the day with you know the eleven forests and eight swamps instead but it was it was a, kind of a thing you don't run into every day yeah. So, so I've, I've got one. Uh, on Thursday, 
<clears throat> one of the uh, constructed rounds. Uh, Thursday. Thursday. Uh, excuse me, Friday. Okay. Pardon me. Uh, uh, on one of the uh, constructed rounds, we had one of the players sit, call a judge over, call me over, because in between games one and two, when he went to go sideboard, he realized that his sideboard was not his sideboard. His sideboard actually belonged to uh, his friend, who was playing a similar deck, but had a couple of different cards mm-hmm. off. And uh, he and his friend were evidently uh, sleeving up at around the same time, and in fact using sleeves that the were supplied to the players by the event, uh, which, which of course, were, were all the same. They had the same planeswalker on the back. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's easy to see how this mistake was made. So this, is, this of course, involved uh, immediately um, going to going to track down the the other player that's using the um uh you know that that uh has has received the other half of uh of this problem that is the the uh the the friend in question and getting getting their match stopped and they were in the middle of game one i remember right that's correct as it as it turns out this this other player was was in the middle of his game one and um when when questioned about it we 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 asked the player to take a look at his sideboard and that player agreed that yeah that this this is the problem you can confirm that the two sideboards are swapped uh as it turned out we ended up uh not actually penalizing either player for for either issue uh the in the case of the um first player since he caught the issue in between games of course called the judge right right away Uh, there wasn't actually any infraction committed Mm -hmm. we we don't like to penalize players for for issues that they committed in previous games previous matches etc so there's there's certainly nothing to um to to investigate what investigate there Uh, and in the case of the other player the other player technically kind of sort of had in fact committed ddlp for Technically, kind of, sort of, preventing an illegal sideboard, which he hadn't actually even taken out of his deck box. You know, sat down for the sat down for his match, began playing, but it was so non-standard, such a shall we say corner case, that we went to the head judge on that one, uh, the, the aforementioned Lems, who uh, approved also not penalizing this guy as well. So uh, we just uh, just put the sideboards in the right spots and gave lots of time extensions and sent players on their merry way. Cool. There, there are also many, many more stories. I don't, I don't know that we have time for all of them. All of them. Uh, all of them. There. It's so, 1 a.m. <laughs> right. I love, I love our judge cast after dark we're having right hey, now. <laughs> it's couch cast. Couch, couch cast, cast after dark. Yeah. It sounds oh, dirtier than it is. It, it, yeah. It's really just CJ with milkshake, bitty kitty, and battle cat. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I don't, don't want to know where you're going. I'll, 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 cool. I'll tap out of that one. <laughs> um, okay, I mean that's fine. It, it, uh, well, I mean, unless you guys have stories, you think it's just the most awesome story ever. The the uh, I mean, really, most of the stories this weekend are going to start with. So, Courser was in play, or is in play, or has been in play, and then some other thing happened. And it's either no longer in play, or now in play, or no longer in play, and it's uh, they 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 you know and coarser plus journey or coarser plus scry or coarser plus a Johnny. Yeah, I don't know if there were any 
you know, inter- it, it, really that many interesting stories from a rules and policy perspective since. Uh, Actually, I guess I, I did give my first mistrigger warning this weekend. Which which of the. Uh, <laughs> okay. see. Sure, you know them all, Abe. Come on. <laughs> Feast Demon. Feast Demon was the second one I gave out because I gave out three total this weekend. Three what? penalties. Yes. Yeah. Feast Demon was the second of those. What were the other ones? The first, uh, the first and the third were both abhorrent overlord. Ah, okay. Yeah. You must sacrifice a creature. Well, I forgot to. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got you, you got it now because your opponent wants you to. Generally detrimental. <laughs> I think so. Yes, yeah, so the the first one was in fact uh, the player called the opponent called me over and he's like, my opponent missed this trigger. I want him to have it. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay. All right, here we're we go. Have this happen then. It's it's kind of like I guess that's a benefit of the pro tour is the players know how the trigger policy works at this level. Right. <laughs> so okay, I guess we'll we'll move into our news. We're going to be skipping emails today because, as I mentioned a minute ago, it is one a.m. And uh, I, to, contrary to uh, popular belief, I am the old man on this show and I do not stay up late. Uh, no. This is so true. You see, about half the time after the show, Brian and I will just stay up chatting, and CJ's like, "Guys, guys, stop!" And it, it's like it's like eleven thirty, and I'm like, Ugh. "I bet, I bet, Jess and I go to bed at like the same time." Not on the clocks, just yeah. like like we're going to bed at roughly the same time. And you both look out at the sky and look at the same moon and know you're both there. <laughs> That's right. Yes, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, let's do some news. We have a new level three judge. Uh, actually, I think he certified a little bit ago, but we kind of forgot to mention him. Uh, it is Takanori Nakamura in Japan. So. Congratulations. Congrats to him. I think we had one more. I'm, I'm going to look that up while you continue on. I think we mentioned him last time, but you look that up. Uh, yeah, so the other big thing in news, this kind of came out only like a couple days after we recorded our last episode, so we didn't get an opportunity to talk about it. But there are new judge foils in rotation. Let's you start. Force of will? Let's start with the big one <laughs> and discuss the other one. So. <laughs> First off, Force of Will was sent out, and I believe most people have received theirs by now. It was sent out to uh, judges who had certified somebody in the last, or since 2005. Since the launch of DCIX. Okay. Or the judge sent last nine years, roughly. Yes. Yes. 2014 minus 2005 is nine. Hey, I can math. All right. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So that's a big deal. Force I, of Will. It is. I, yeah, those I, are like eight hundred dollar cards right now. It's not more. It's funny. I think everyone's so tired of talking about it. We've talked about it last week, maybe. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I, it's it's awesome because so many judges thought for so long it would never happen. I then, I said two days prior it would never happen. Right. Like, right. This is this has been uh, Sean Doherty, who's the RC in the Northeast. Yes. I think is his region. Yes. He has used this as an April Fools for the last six years mm-hmm. or something and like i asked him today what are you going to do for april fools now and he went i have no idea like i can't top this <laughs> obviously managing right obviously yeah, sure top, yeah. ancestral right or mock yeah. mocks of some sort well no reserve. they're all on the reserve list yeah they i was going to say library yeah, of alexander yeah, was this really this really is this is this is uh, uh judge foils that jumped the shark now i mean there's there's no <laughs> This is the top of the top. I, I, I don't I wouldn't go that far. That but. must be why they're so cheap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's why it's all the commander stuff afterward. Um, yeah. So yeah. So right now, as far as we know, that the only way to receive one is you've already been mailed it. 
Like there's no, there's nothing you can do to try to receive one of these at this point. Right now, if you are 100% certain that you were supposed to, you were supposed to receive one and you did not, you should contact your RC Mm -hmm. to make sure it was sent to the right address. Since the address they use may be one you haven't updated in years. Yes. There the RCs put out a few, several weeks ago, uh, or should have put out several weeks ago, a rather cryptic uh, announcement that told told you to go off and check your address uh, with Wizards and make sure that it was correct. Oh, so I, I must have missed that announcement. Oh, that may have been months oh. in some cases. I, I know Ricky put one out for the Northwest in my region uh, way early this year, like January or something. It was, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, maybe it was a little bit longer ago, three-ish months. But yeah, there was a there was an email that went out uh, uh, f- for this purpose, uh, although we didn't know it at the time. I mean, having your address updated is a good idea anyway. Yes. Sure. Yes. So so here's here's kind of a, a, a key. Uh, the other times that an announcement has gone out to make sure your address is updated has been for the prior to the L2 playmats being announced prior to Bob's being uh, the dark confidants being sent out. And I think prior to the balances being sent out. Well, you're, back. you're skipping a few there, uh, Beeprel. There was, a, of course, dark ritual. There was, um, uh, after the, ba- oh, there was balance. I agree there was, there was balance. Not but- all, well, not all of us have been a judge for the 30 years like you have. <laughs> 30 years. It's like your problem. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, there was the Vampiric Tutor. Is that right? Vampiric. T- I know. I know. Do I got a packet at one point with Vampiric Tutor, Ball Lightning, Deranged Tournament, and Stroke of Genius. And one of those was the new foil. It was it was a was a was a male foil only, and I'm not sure which one it was. There was also a Memory Lapse, if I'm not mistaken, which which preceded all of them. Preceded my time. That is very very old. Remembering it, that yeah. Be apt. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll cast that on your spell yourself. Is that what happened? All right. So there's also new foils coming in the uh, in the conference packets or the GP packets or as recognition foils. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what these cards do, but they are a Riku of Two Reflections, Greater Good, Aloro, Ageless Ascetic, Hannah, Ships Navigator, Nekusar, the Mind Razor, and then we also have Sword of Feast and Famine in the old frame because people love that stuff. And Elish Norn in Phyrexian. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. the weird one. That's... That's, that's the one that actually, like, visually looks the best. Yes. Yes. It just looks cool. I don't, I don't even make it, like, I forget what most of the cards do, and I forget what Elish Norn does especially, and with Elish Norn, I don't care, because it looks awesome. Yes, sorry, I'm staring at it right now. <laughs> um, yeah, that one's, that one's interesting. Uh, I don't know what to say about it. Uh, I, I keep staring at the Phyrexian. I'm trying to figure out the Phyrexian. Like, what, what are do these, I need to say? It's in Phyrexian, like, which is scratches. It, it might as well be one of the other things. Just use the collector number to look up what the card does. And there you go. You know, it's number two of nine. Right. Go treat, for it. Treat it as a foreign foil, right? Yeah. You look up the Oracle text. So, yeah. So we were trying to figure that one out the other day, just as a tangent. What language are we supposed to list that card in? Phyrexian. That's not an option on our website. Oh, oh, oh. that's funny. <laughs> I think judge, maybe I don't know. Judge, yeah, promo. And there cool. you go, judge language. Right? Is um, wasn't there a run of pre-release foils that had like dead languages? Well, not dead. There's one that was Hebrew. Hebrew. There was a Hebrew glory, and one of them was Latin, wasn't it? Look, not that let's let's just let's just tell people now. 
guys, listeners, judges, we actually, when we're not talking in front of players, we actually speak Phyrexian. So, <laughs> uh, secrets, be pearl secrets. Also, and I'm just letting you guys know that's why it's it's a slight mistake. They normally translate the cards into English before they go out, but this one they forgot. Sorry. That's why we're always trying to make more judges. <laughs> Brian Spoilers Prillman here. Yes, I know. Sorry, I'm dissenting. <laughs> so if you want to get your hands on these foils, uh, I don't think we know the exact distribution plan. Us. Like, we don't know if, if what's going to be in the GP packets, what's going to be in a conference packet. But And we don't. It's, it's, so the stuff that we know, uh, GP packets rotate roughly whenever they do, you know, roughly once a quarter. Uh, conference packets are uh, like a packet behind in terms of content. Um, Force of Wills may or may not ever show up in a GP pack, may or may not ever show up in a conference pack. They have made an announcement that there will be other mechanisms to get them, but they have not said what they are, okay. nor so, will or they. how often or so, when. So, so, so conference packs don't always have the same foils that show up in the regular old uh, GP packs, right? Uh, I think uh, Dark Con- people say that Dark Confident, Dark Confidant was a uh, conference foil for a it bit. It was. But, well, yeah. sorry, I agree with that part, but was it was it really not in the GP pack? It, it was really never wasn't. in the GP pack. It has okay. never been in a GP pack. Anymore. Okay, okay. So, so they've done different stuff. The only thing that we have that's really analogous to this recently is Dark Confidant, but that's a sample size of one. Sure. So, plus, they're never going to announce it because the first time that they announce that Force of Will or people think that Force of Will is in a conference pack, there will be 500 <laughs> to 1,000 people at that conference. <laughs> and, and quite frankly... That's too many. <laughs> the the yeah. point of a conference is to learn, and when you have that many people there, you can't teach effectively. I mean, they have class size limitations in like middle schools and high schools and stuff like that right. for a reason. Really hard to hear in the back back row of a, <laughs> of a one thousand person. Uh, yeah, it's especially hard. Sure. It's especially hard to hear when you're playing Candy Crush Saga on your phone. <laughs> Because you're there for the dark confidant, and really you're just right. counting down the time till you can go to the vendor. It's especially hard to hear your, your phone, is what you're saying. Well, yeah, 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 you can't hear when it's ringing. And for the record, uh, he's saying he's annoyed at people to do that. That's not a thing you should do. Don't be that guy. Yes, don't. you should be going to conferences to learn, which actually is a good segue, right? Yeah, at Richmond, at Richmond, I asked. Uh, no, at Richmond, it's not. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I I pointedly looked at CJ for that, and he Drove shook his head. No, it was awesome. Well, fine, never mind then. <laughs> Transition. I got the L three. Yeah, read it. Ivan Ivan Pet Petkovic. Good enough for me. Yes. Yes. So I actually got uh, to work with him on a on a a project for conferences. Uh, and he's really, he's very organized and very good for you know outside of event stuff. I'm not really surprised he made L3, and it's I'm kind of glad that he did. Hey, speaking of conferences, sure. Speaking of conferences, yeah, there there is one next weekend in Colorado, and uh, yeah, it should be should be good. It's we're calling it the Rocky Mountain Conference. Which sorry you guys for going to Atlanta. You know you'll you'll be stuck there instead of coming to visit me in the Rocky Mountains that are might that'll actually be nice next weekend. <laughs> Unlike this cold that I've had in Georgia, man, it's, it's supposed it's, to be warm and humid here. Yeah, it's nice. It's been nice. 
real nice, nice, meaning like cold. How is there a Rocky Mountain conference and nobody told me? It's been posted everywhere. I don't. Uh, I, he's been on the MTGU podcast twice to promote it. I, I heard it both times. And it's been posted in the California Facebook group, which I know you see. <laughs> it has? It has. <laughs> Oh. What, you, what you mean is you know he can see. Yes. <laughs> like if he chooses to. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, does anyone have anything else they want to add before we start to wrap up here? Take silence as no. Who, who knows? Uh, well, actually, uh, Lems had a, on his blog, had an awesome article on uh, when you can and cannot downgrade. Uh, that he set to a musical score. Downgrade for what? Yes, downgrade for what was the name of the article, the blog post. It was pretty awesome. It was, yeah, it was uh, like, I, I want to say co-authored, though, because Justin Turner had actually a lot of input there. Yeah. What, listing? <laughs> Going yeah. to the IPG and finding the five? Uh, I mean, really, it's well, my input is control F, downgrade. Yeah. I mean, Not entirely. I mean, I, he, he did legitimately help and talk to Lems about organizing this this blog post and putting things together you you solely mentioned that because you i was so close to getting by without having to add any links to the show notes <laughs> yes does that ever happen i well it almost did didn't it you could still not add it it's fine no i'm gonna add it now oh or just link to the the actual video instead sure well hold yeah, on. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna change it is so that it just goes to the video. Right. Oh, well, uh, so since you're having to add links to the show notes, we might as well mention. <laughs> no, I'll skip it. Uh, skip. Okay. <laughs> see, all these faces I'm making, by the way, I always make with them. Just nobody's ever here to see them. But <laughs> I always have these reactions. Yes. He, he has frowned and shook his head many, many times. <laughs> and there may have been some eye rolling at some point. Yeah. Like a teenage girl. The, the only downside is I can't mute. So I've had to stay silent. <laughs> All right. Well, Abe and Jeremy, I want to thank you guys for being on the show with us and giving us the insider perspective. No problem. And keeping you up so very late. Of the Pro Tour. Well, we're not the ones who are <laughs> judging Top 8 that's, tomorrow. That's true. I'm sorry, Abe. <laughs> it's okay. It'll be fine. Uh, okay. Brian Jess, nothing else to add? Nothing else. Nope. You guys don't want to plug anything else? The MTGU podcast, I guess. They were kind enough to have me on twice, which now you guys equal. Hey, look at that. <laughs> More notes for CJ. He's laughing because this is all behind the scenes stuff that people are seeing for the first time. But I, you know, I, I write down whenever someone mentions a link to put it in the show notes. So you're sitting in front of a computer. Why don't you just like, type it up? Because hey. then it sounds like this. Oh, and they don't like that. Okay. I mean, I, it, it's a good podcast for for beginning players to kind of get an introduction to how yeah. things are going. It's, it's a well-produced podcast. I was very yes. impressed. I've listened, I've only listened to the two episodes with Jeremy Bishunin on, but uh, I, I was very impressed. So I'll post a link to that in the show notes. Yes. Um, as long as, as long as anyone who listens to them promises not to leave us for them, <laughs> I think it's okay. I think you're, you're targeting different audiences. I think we are. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, you two, once again, for being on. My name's CJ Schrader. I keep it fair. I'm Jess Dunks. I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prilliman. I keep it... Turn down for what? There's quite a lot of distractions here in this room. In fact, this whole house is like a... That's true. Uh, it's, it's like it's, a... It's, 
Have you ever been to the Tuesdays, basically? It's the Tuesdays. CJ's house is covered with flair. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, there we go. Instead of wallpaper, he has buttons on his walls. Yes.